I genuinely think this might be the best thing that's ever happened to the worldwide church. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the White Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg. And uh, several years ago when I moved to town, uh, to Milbank, from the, uh, the west, some call it the left coast of the country, from Oregon, um, uh, I got to know Hugh Weber uh, through our local economic development corporation, and we did some things together uh, several years ago. And um, in all of that, I also, uh, in the digging around the interwebs, I, uh, I realized that his younger brother, youngest brother, perhaps? Youngest brother. Youngest brother. Uh, Adam is uh, is a pastor of a big church in Sioux Falls, um, and it turns out uh, is an author and a podcaster and uh, what I can tell, um, an all around good guy. So Adam, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a huge honor, Craig. <laughs> uh, as someone, I feel like we've crossed paths over social media numerous times. Yes. To actually sit, sit down with you is a huge honor, and uh, love the the town of Millbank. And so, uh, gosh, it's it's just a blessing to be on with you today. So our were you born here? I was born at, in Milbank, South Dakota at St. Bernard Hospital. Wow. That, that was a while ago. I mean, you're back younger at, than me, so. <laughs> back, in, back in 1982. 1982. Oh, man, Saint, you're just a baby. Yep. So I was there. I lived in Milbanks from birth or from the womb until my very last day of sixth grade. So I went to the former middle school. I mm -hmm. know it's no longer a school. And my very last day, I walked to my grandma's house. I was the last thing that my family packed in our in our wow. vehicle. <laughs> All right, get in. We're going. <laughs> All right, we're getting in and get out of here. So, so that's that was that was my connection with 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 Milbank. And uh, every so often, it's fun to go back and visit. I stopped by the football stadium. My dad mm -hmm. was on the school board when that got got put together, and so it's kind of cool to see my dad's name there. Got a bunch of relatives in the cemetery. Uh, it's always fun to swing by former church uh, and drive by old houses, and it's uh, it's got a lot, a lot of memories. That's cool. Um, you know, I, I'm a transplant, so I don't have uh, birth history here. Uh, I was, I guess it was 2008, we moved here from the West Coast. Um, and, you know, for me, the biggest change was terrain, primarily. I mean, I grew up in the mountains with roads that actually had curves in them <laughs> and moved to this part of the country where... A curve is called an intersection. <laughs> yes. That's yes. What, one of the things that I still, I mean, the first time someone told me, go to the eight-mile corner. And my, in my head, I thought, okay, there'll be a corner. A curve is what I assumed eight miles down the road. Nope, there wasn't. It went straight for 10 or 15 miles. And I kept going. Oh, I missed the turn at eight miles. I get it. The curve, you know, the, the, the intersection. Yeah. So I, I've learned. I've learned the lingo. Uh, we also got invited out to, and this is a farm, more of a farmer thing, I think. Um, we got invited when we started going to church here after we moved. Um, a local family said, you want to come over for dinner on Sunday? And we thought, yeah, five or six, perfect. And so we were thinking, and then we had, my wife remembered, cause she grew up in the Twin Cities, and she remembered, she's like, they might not be talking about the nighttime meal. <laughs> so we checked on, and it wasn't. It was noon. <laughs> noon. Noon is noon is when dinner takes place. Right. So, I, yeah. so I've learned, and my children now. I've got four kids. Three of them were born out here, and so we're uh, we're we're learning to try to talk in two yeah. languages. That's right. That's right. I just had a few friends a few months ago highlight that in me. They're like, uh, I said, "What time's dinner?" And they're like, "You mean six? Like, like, yeah." I was like, "No, like for like noon, like lunch, like." They're like, that's not dinner. I'm right. like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, it's so special. And it just regional things crack me up. But uh, otherwise, the people have been great. Um, back in 14, I started this project, uh, this Hawaii Millbank project. And the whole point of it is uh, really to give people a chance to tell their stories. And this specific show before 2021, the interview podcast, was really centered around people with a connection to Millbank. Uh, so you fit that bill. But this year, um, with the advent of COVID and the way that we're all so virtually connected now, um, I thought, this is silly. There, we have a ton of people in this town, but there's also the opportunity now for me to reach out and talk to people anywhere that I find intriguing. And so whether they live in this town or they don't, I'm going after them. And you're on that list way up there. So uh, I'm really glad you agreed to do this. Um, 
first off, when did you th- know <clears throat> that you wanted to be a pastor? Oof. I- I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> if I'm supposed to be a pastor. <laughs> no, I, uh, so for me to be a Christian is nothing short of a miracle. So I grew up in the church uh, all throughout my time in Millbank and when we moved to Clark and I, I struggled with church uh, since the day I was born. Honestly, some of my earliest memories of life is me struggling to go to church. And well, well, so I break that down. What does that mean? Like what struggle in what way? I, uh, I struggled to believe in God. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, you know, uh, I struggled in what I saw in, um, it felt like people, it felt like people didn't want to talk about God except outside of one hour on Sunday. Mm. And it almost seemed like something you kind of just tortured yourself to make it through. Mm-hmm. And for me, I knew that when something amazing was in my life, whether it was a cute girl, a nice car <laughs> or a football game, those things, were, those things were amazing yeah. and they impacted me. I mean, when I was around a cute girl, I couldn't talk straight because she was so cute. <laughs> And so I used to just think, and I can remember thinking this at a young age, if God is so amazing, why doesn't it seem like he's changing anything? Mm. So from a young age, really, really struggled with profound, uh, like just deep questions of like, this does not add up. And so I, I, I mean, I really went on that journey for quite some time. I got confirmed at a, at a, uh, a church in Clark. That was when I got there and I came home that day and I told my parents it was the most I'd lied into so many people at oh, one time because I had said that I believed in Jesus and I mm. didn't. And, um, and so, so that's just kind of a little bit of my backstory, but, uh, so I came to Christ in high school, had a radical change. I couldn't believe that I was a Christian. Honestly, I really struggled to even say, like, I'm a Christian and I actually (laughs) believe it, you know, like, I just couldn't believe it. And uh, yet I couldn't deny it at the same breath. But I, I went to Augustana in Sioux Falls for business and marketing. I always thought I would start a company of some kind and do things through a business that didn't make sense, whether it was radical generosity, Mm. um, you know, you know, taking a percentage of what the what the company makes and giving it away. Um, whether it's encouraging the staff to serve on the company's dime, whether it's giving people the uh, 30 minutes in the morning where you can do anything except work. Oh, you know, if you, if you want to read your Bible, mm-hmm. you can, but if you just want to, you know, sit there and be still or whatever you can do, just kind of doing that. So that's what I expected to do. And then the summer before my senior year of college, I filled in for a pastor up in Wapiton, North Dakota through the craziest circumstances ever how do you just did, fill in the the pastor was taking the pastor was taking a sabbatical so he was taking kind of an extended uh-huh. leave like for for the summer and he was looking for someone to fill in for him and it's a, actually the pastor i filled in for uh is connected to to millbank as well randy spar uh the spar mm. family's based out of, out of millbank but i did not want to fill in for him I, I mean legitimate we don't have enough time but it was the craziest circumstances ever that I end up in this man's office. I have huge holes in my jeans. I've grown this scraggly beard and I was wearing a Yankees hat sideways. And he's like, uh, he's like, you're Adam. Like basically like, who are you? And uh, I, I gave him every excuse of why I couldn't fill in for him for the summer. And he answered every single, every single question I had. And so I filled in Hmm. And the first week I filled in that summer, I knew I was supposed to be a pastor. I just knew it immediately. There, it was an older traditional congregation, and um, I've always just valued kind of no fluff conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you? How are you really doing? Right. It's okay. It's okay to say that things suck right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's where you're at, that's like I'm. I don't want you to fl- like to lie. Let's just be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. There was there was three older women in the church that summer who had terminal cancer, mm-hmm. and when you have terminal cancer, all the fluff leaves. Yep. Yep. They exactly what you feel exactly good bad and ugly what's inside of you and i i I just within that first week i met all three of those women i could not believe that i had a chance to sit with them and encourage them so that that was how i ended up being a pastor but since then uh i've wrestled with it on on a regular basis and um because that that um the marketing business person is still inside me Mm -hmm. and yet and yet it's been cool to see how god has used those things uh, within the church, you know, oftentimes we don't want to talk about those things connected with God, 
But uh, even you look through the book of Acts, the apostle Paul was very strategic with which cities he went to. Uh, he, he chose port cities because he knew if he could reach people at the port cities that it would get sp- mm, that Christ- Christianity right. would go faster. And so oftentimes we don't want to talk about business and finances and strategy. And yet I think, gosh, God gave us the ability to have those things. We might want to use those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you shouldn't have to close your eyes and put blinders on to, to, the, to, right. to the world. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, and even like uh, I think so often the church, uh, you know, like whether it's uh, someone who's is uh, talented art wise or musically or whatever, it's like, gosh, we shouldn't use those. It's like actually at one point in history, the church is where you went for the best of the best when it came to creativity. Mm. I mean, you, you, you would go yeah. to the church if you were a person who really studied art. I mean, you, you'd want to go to the, the church. It's where the best art was displayed. And so I think I think there's some of those things that we've missed out on. And I had to relearn myself of like, no, these are gifts God has given us. Mm-hmm. And what a cool way to, to show our love for God and the way that we create even. How much of the American church model is, well, broken comes to mind. Um, you know, lo- lo- looking at the way, the methods that we use, you know, the, the format we all run on. Because, I mean, almost in almost any denomination you go to, with the exception of a very few, you're going to find roughly the same format. Um, yep. Is that the best option? Is that a cultural thing? What happens if we say, you know what, we're not doing it in this format anymore? Yeah, I think, um, I think what we're going through right now as a world uh, I don't want to belittle any of the hurt and heartache that people are experiencing because, mm-hmm. gosh, that's that's endless. So not making light of that at all. I genuinely think this might be the best thing that's ever happened to the worldwide church of really forced change, up. forced change. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. otherwise we'll continue to hold on to things mm-hmm. um, because they're the way that we've always done things. And even that there when we say this is the way we've always done things, we got to make sure. It, we're, that's the way we have always done things the last a hundred years. Right. Not yeah. since, not since Jesus. <laughs> right. You know, I yeah. think we get those, we get those confused. Mm-hmm. It's like, we've always done this. That hymn is not that old. <laughs> like I'm like, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So, but back to your, back to your question. So I, I think it's forcing us to look at our methods. You know, for me, I would, the, the message, the, the, who Jesus is, that's, those things are timeless and unchanging. Mm-hmm. That, that's just my, my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the method that we go about doing it, oh my gosh. Yeah. You look, you look at Jesus and you look at people like Paul, they they met people right where they are. And so I think I think one of the things about COVID, it's challenging us to do that. Like, how do we uh, I, I can remember like six months before uh, COVID hit, there was a, a popular church that came out with this really uh, new app about like, and it was, it was, it was actually pretty unique. I mean, they were really shifting their model to being a, uh, a church that you could minister to anywhere. Yeah. Like who would think it's such a crazy thing? <laughs> well, I mean, the <laughs> amount, the amount of hate that that church received oh, wow. only for six months later, <laughs> right. everyone's doing it. <laughs> everybody's doing it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so that, that kind of shows you that, but I mean, what, what the method we should use is first off a method that, that's pleasing to God. And then secondly, a method that reaches people right where they are. Mm. Jesus was like, uh, and, and the apostle Paul, basically Paul was constantly saying, Hey, make decisions on what's best for others, not for yourself. Yeah. And so if you're around people at, at this time, things were controversial, like what kind of meat to eat and not eat. Mm-hmm. He was basically like, "Hey, if it if it causes someone else to to struggle, don't, don't do it. just don't don't mm-hmm. do it." Um, but then he would say, "Like, become like them. Like, basically, meet them right where mm-hmm. they are." And I think, in my eyes, I would argue the church needs to do that better. Like, um, just to meet people right where they are and speak in a way that they can understand. Because uh, God's not impressed with our fancy language and lingo. Yeah. Um, he 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 wants to have a relationship with him. And he he wants the real version of us. We shouldn't have kind of this one hour a week that we do this religious. Thing. And that's it. Turn it off. And we're done. And then, yeah, and then leave. Yeah. I mean, I think God. I think God throughout the entire Bible has said like, no, I'm not. I'm not looking for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for an hour of sit up, sit down, <laughs> fight, 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 or whatever. 
I, I want to sit and be with you. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's, I, I could go on and on and on. I think for me personally, I'm kind of, I'm constantly trying to, to, trying to look at what am I, what am I for rather than what I'm against. Mm. And so even with other churches, I'm one of those people that is constantly going to look for, to bridge, to build bridges with other churches of, Hey, we might disagree on how we view Mary. Mm-hmm. We might disagree on how we view communion or, uh, speaking in tongues or whatever, mm-hmm. but gosh, we're still on the same team. And so well, we have, we have yeah, so much in common. Absolutely. And, and the things that are, are in common are the things that are unchanging. Everything else really is, it, it should be a take it or leave it scenario. Yes. It, it's not a hill to die on. And, and, and that's what I've found. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in the church, so I've been and in, in on the Pentecostal wing. Um, so I've been around some crazy uh, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be who I am today without it. So I'm not at all, you know, upset about it. Um, I've, but, I've, I've held a few snakes in my hands <laughs> in, in a church service. That's all I'm saying. No, I cut you off. Keep going. Sorry. There was lots of shouting bobby pins flying around the room. Oh, yeah. Flags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but in all of that, as I've grown older and kind of changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two of them with the, you know, so you can do flag shows we didn't do that ever as interns uh-uh <laughs> the human video oh man <clears throat> it's all good stuff um but we uh in, in as i've grown i've kind of really begun to reevaluate what i think the church's role is in america specifically and in, in the way our society's formed um where do you see the the role of the the and when I say the church, I mean the corporate side of it, the, the community, the, the, the group gathering of the church and the pastor's role in people's lives. Um, and in that, you know, that teaching, that education piece of it, where, do, where, where is that now in our society? What is the role of the church in society? Yeah, yeah. and, 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 not, and not, not the to say, I, you know, or maybe it is to say I belong to a church, but, but that coming together you know right now most churches have an online presence that they didn't have an, yep. a year ago uh some didn't have six months ago so they have that um is that the same product and and do we need to try to make them the same product now oh that's a that's a great question i th- i think um there is importance in gathering uh right now we have to get creative with covid mm-hmm. but I, I think um there's something in our, our wiring that longs for people now that that can look different, you know. It could be uh, three families gathering in a home and and reading reading scripture and then talking mm-hmm. about what that means for us. You know, there's other people there and maybe together. Gosh, we're gonna look for ways that we can serve uh, the people on our block. So that's maybe like a home church model uh, for, for the specific um, church that I'm pastoring. Embrace, you know. Again, right now it looks interesting with with COVID, but for me, I always see uh, Sundays as the time to come together gather, be encouraged, be challenged, uh, equipped. And then actually when the church is the church is when we step outside the walls. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, I always envision all of us on Sunday mornings, this, this analogy breaks down because it wouldn't be a Sunday morning, but <laughs> I always, I always just, ana- uh, just envision all of us leaving with flashlights going out into to a dark world. Mm-hmm. And like, that's our role as the church is just shining light in places. Um, you know, if there's something that's not right, shining a flashlight yeah. to, if, you know, if there's someone that's hurting, uh, shining the light and letting them know that actually you can't even see it, but there's actually people all around you who care about you. If there's someone struggling with an addiction, like turning the flashlight on, hey, I know that this addiction, it, it seems like it's going to kill you, but mm-hmm. that, like actually by the power of God, it no longer has to be your story. And um, actually, like you can get help, and by getting help, it means you're a strong person, not a weak person. The strong person asks for, it. you right. know. So I just yeah. I envision us. That's what I think. I and I that that would be my hope, is that in, I, you know we did a series a w- little while back, and I just asked a question: um, if Embrace disappeared tomorrow, would anyone outside of Embrace care? Oh man, you know the answer should be a resounding yes. Mm-hmm. And even in that question really kind of spurred a whole bunch of us, um, a bunch of different things outward focused. And even in my preaching, I talk a whole lot more since it, w- it was right before COVID hit that I, that we did that series. 
And since that time, even in my preaching, you'll constantly hear me talk about out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, two weeks ago, I said, Christians are notorious for, for talking a lot and doing very little. <laughs> we're, we're, yes. we're, not, we're notorious for being very inward focused on ourselves while not caring about the world. But I, I just said, but when the church begins to, to, to love people and serve people out there with no strings attached, the world turns its head. It's like, what is happening over mm-hmm. here? Like, why are they helping these people? And um, I think that's, that should, that's what, for me, that's, that would be my hope for the, ch- for the church. Um, is to, to be known, even if someone's like, don't disagree, don't, I, I don't agree with Jesus. Don't, I don't think the Bible's true, but I just don't know what to do with these Christians. Right. They're always helping. <laughs> they're always helping and they're kind yeah. and they're, they're not gossiping and they're not divided over politics. Uh-huh. And they, um, they love people that are totally different than them. People who even like kind of shout in their faces. They're just always so nice to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we, if the church was that, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. You know? Well, it's fascinating because the Christian Motorcycle Association does that. That is their yeah. mission. And I had uh, a couple shows ago, I talked to Bob Pudwell, who has been involved with them almost from the beginning. They've got tens of thousands of members. He's in member number 1600 um, or 1613 or something like that. It's way that's early crazy. on. Yeah. Um, cool guy. And we, we were talking about that. That's what the, the guy who founded that, that was his goal was to be there and serve, you know, because in in the biker world, you got a bunch of really hard people in that group. Yeah. And they wanted to be there. They'll pick up trash. They'll clean out toilets. They'll park your car. It doesn't matter. And they don't care what you think about them. They're there to help. And I think that model, geez, if we even just personally, if we could take that and go, man, how can I do that better? That's huge. And as a church, man, that is our job, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I've seen, I've seen the motorcycle association do its thing too. I, uh, a few years ago, I had a pastor from Arkansas reach out and say, Hey, a guy in my church, uh, was driving through on his way to like, I don't even, I, I want to say like Alaska or something. I mean, <laughs> why <it's>, not <laughs> just this insane drive. It was him and two other biker friends. And on the interstate right outside of Sioux falls, he had a wreck and mm. was in a coma. And I went up to the ICU to, to visit his family. And it happened immediately. The Christian Motorcycle Association was already there. Really? And they, the, the, the wife had, had just arrived and her husband was totally, unco- uh, you know, I mean, in a coma or mm-hmm. whatever. And she said, they have taken care of everything. Wow. And we're not even a part of their association. That is crazy. They, 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 just, they just heard about it. They heard it was a a motorcycle that guy that went down and and I remember even afterwards he got released and all this kind of thing I heard from her again and she said we have never experienced care like that ever that is incredible I kept touching base wow. just just on behalf of yeah. my friend and she kept saying everything's good we're all covered wow. and I'm like what who are these bikers? <laughs> right. Where do these bikers come from? And can I pay them to yeah. come to my church? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, how do I convince them to come? I'll, yeah. I'll get it. I'll get a tattoo. <laughs> like, whatever. So- I got a beard and I'm bald, but I'll get tattoos. You too. gotta get a longer beard, Adam. Come on. <laughs> I do. I'll, I'll grow it out. If right. all of you guys come, please. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, where, what do you see the role, um, of the church in today's political turmoil? That's a loaded question. I know, but no, no, I, I think, uh, to be slow to speak and quick, (laughs) quick to listen, Yeah, slow to speak and quick to listen. If we sound no different than anybody else, again, this, this goes back to why I wasn't a Christian for so long is because. I felt like I would hear one thing and then see something different in their lives. Uh, we should be known for people who are slow to speak and quick to listen. Mm. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just, I'm, I'm continuously heartsick over Christians who have placed their hope in someone or something away from God. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, oh my gosh, like, what are we doing? regardless of, and I'm not talking one political party, I'm talking everything. It's just, um, 
instead it's like, no, we can have, I'm talking, I'm talking pastor talk here. <laughs> we can have hope in a, a God who's unchanging and right. all powerful. I mean, like that should put our, our, our souls at ease and sure there's trials and there's division, but again, what if we were known for being the people who are slow to speak and quick to listen? Mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen anybody ever change their political views by yelling. No, not at all. No. And yet, and yet our approach is yelling's not working. I need, yell to yell, <laughs> I need to yell louder. Like Facebook, get, I'm going to, I'm going to type that out. Yeah. yeah. Instead, it's like, uh, but at, what I've seen change so many people, including their politics is you just consistently faithfully loving a person. Mm-hmm. And then six months into the relationship, three years of the relationship, a trial into the relationship, like where the person goes through something, all of a sudden they seek that person out and yeah. they say, Hey, um, can you pray for my dad? Mm. Hey, my marriage is falling apart. Um, would you, is, is there a church that you go to? Like, would you pray for me? Or, or, Hey, can I just ask you some questions? Like, this is where I'm at politically, but I just trust you. Mm. And uh, I feel like you might think differently than you, like you might think differently than me. Can you, can, can I just ask you some questions? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where change yeah. takes place. Yeah. Um, th- this is a challenge for every Christian who's listening right now. If, um, do you, do you have any friends who disagree with you mm. <laughs> do, or do people who disagree with you still like you? If the answer <laughs> is no, in that area of your life, I'm saying this very confidently as a pastor, you do not look like Jesus. Like, like, but I can quote Bible verses. That's great. But you don't look like Jesus. I mean, Jesus had people who thought nothing like him live very differently than to him. And they were irresistibly drawn to him. Mm. And, and, and Jesus wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm okay with you cheating people through taxes. Or I'm okay with you sinners doing whatever you want right, to do. He wasn't endorsing their action. No, he wasn't saying that at all. He, but they were so drawn to mm. the love and grace and also the truth inside of them that they're just like, I know you disagree with everything I'm doing, but I just want to hang out with you. And I, I think um, if we're known for that, I think that's the church's role. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, if, there, if there's convictions um, we can talk about, uh, I, I, I always say, if I talk anything political, I try to upset everybody, you know, like, <laughs> because we all need to be challenged. And so, you know, uh, you look at the life issue, it's mm-hmm. like all of us could get challenged on that one. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think, I think for me, um, I, I'm going to say, I want to introduce you to Jesus. Cause if I can introduce you to Jesus, He's the one that's going to turn your life upside down, including your politics. Um, so I just want you to get as close as you can to him because I know he'll mess with stuff. And then in, inside close friendships and relationships, not with random people who have never met each other. Right. You can have dialogue. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had an uh, experience yeah. recently with, and recently within the last year with <clears throat> some family who, you know, we, we, we are very different politically and in our, our views on a lot of things. And one of the questions posed to me was um, in reference to uh, something that was reported that President Trump had done. And the question was, well, wasn't that so terrible that, that, that he did that or said that? And as I thought through that, because I, I don't like, I, I'm not about to get in a punching match. I'll have a conversation all day long. And that's one yep. of the reasons I love this podcast model, because we can talk through issues. That's what free speech is supposed to be. The ability yep. to talk through things. But w- what it came to mind, and I, I asked, I said, I think the first question we have to ask ourselves is how important and what role does the President of the United States have in my life? And how, how important is it what they do personally to me? Because it, honestly, I think if that person who I know, not, I have no connection to at all, none, if they can control my life by an action they've made, I think my priorities are wrong. And that, and, and, you know, in my thought, I felt good in that because it wasn't like, oh, no, yes, or yeah, I loved it or I hated it. It wasn't that. It's not about that. It's 
should it matter to me? You know, I, I'm not going to condone an action that I may not have done myself, but does it matter to my life day to day? And I think that thinking through some of these, um, these tough situations and really changing the, the narrative, it's not about whether I like or hate someone. It's does it have a bearing on me and how I interact with the people in my circle? No, it's uh, for, for me, I always am going to try to have conversations um, with, with people like just to hear, to understand online, online. I, uh, even this last week, I had a couple of people try to engage me po- politically <laughs> and I totally, I just basically w- like d- didn't respond to their question. Cause I, I just said, I just don't think this is the best like avenue to have this conversation. Yeah. And, and um, let's get some coffee. It, then we can talk. Let's get some <laughs> coffee. I, that, I mean, seriously, there's something yeah. about holding a cup of coffee in your hands mm-hmm. that's disarming. And, and if a person can know that, Hey, I care about you regardless of this conversation. Yeah. It's amazing where you'll get. And I think our world, if we focused on our common ground instead of where we're different, that's, that's the thing. Like we're constantly, even in the church trying to draw lines in right. the sand. Yeah. Like, uh, so speaking in tongues, okay. Um, infant baptism or adult baptism. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we, it's like, what? Like yeah. I always said, if we had to agree on everything, nobody would be in the church with me, including myself. I, Cause I'd be like, I disagree with that guy sometimes. Like, I've never seen you wear a color at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, I don't know. Like I just disagree with that guy. Yeah. Sometimes I don't like that pastor. Yeah. He's things I don't like. And so I'd have to leave myself. <laughs> And so, uh, but I, I think if we focused on our common ground, yeah, um, we've we've gotten so polarized, and I feel like the center, the middle, is what we don't hear much of anymore. Well, it, is there much there? And you know, I I say that Gosh. in a in a kind of a, I don't I don't know if it's true or if I believe it, but we don't have a standard of truth anymore in in society. And how do we? I mean, as people, and especially as as Christ followers, who, at least, you know attempt to hold up the Bible as truth, how do we even have a conversation when the fundamentals are so opposed? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's, that's a big question. I, I, you know, I would say I, I don't have the expectations that the world is going to start at the same place Mm -hmm. as, as I do, as far as truth. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when talking with someone who's not a Christ follower, I don't have that expectation that we're going to start at the same Correct. place. Yeah. And so for, for me in those conversations, my, my whole goal, you could say, is just to love the person really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like just to love them, to yeah. serve them, to show them kindness mm-hmm. and the fruits of the spirit in my life. With someone who's a Christ follower, you know, on, on, on Sundays, um, my whole goal, again, is to introduce somebody to Jesus. Yeah. And, and so like yesterday, we looked at Jesus' words, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Um, you know, if you want to be great, basically you must become a servant to all. <laughs> Total opposite of everything we're told everywhere else. Right. Everywhere else, it's like, you deserve this and you are the most important <laughs> right. and everything's about you. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, um, no, uh, actually it's the, op- it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what's, what's so... I try to pull out anything that's me. I don't want anything controversial to be something that's a controversy according to Adam Weber. Gotcha. Right. I, Jesus is the one who's going to divide. Mm-hmm. And so I just point people to him. And and even yesterday, I'm like, a couple of times I just said, Ooh, that stinks, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> that's yeah. brutal. Like, oh my gosh, what if I don't want to do that? And so what I'm saying is like, that's the truth mm-hmm. though. And so if you disagree with that, you're not disagreeing with me, you're disagreeing with him. Mm. And so I, I constantly bring it back to Jesus as the standard of like, hey, he, uh, he's going to mess with your life. Yeah. And he does, so, he does so in a way that is winsome, that you're drawn to him, but he says a whole lot of things you're not going to want to hear. <laughs> uh, last week, you had the phenomenal opportunity apparently to sit down with senator john thune um and i i know this because of facebook thank you very much <laughs> um, good old facebook <laughs> uh and so 
what I wonder is, you know, we, we talk about the, the standards of truth that we have, you know, as Christians and then as non-Christians and how we should interact with that, um, which I 100% that, that that's how it should be. Because, I, like, I can't, like, with my children, I can't hold them to a standard of something they don't know what the standard is there. Yep. And so I'm not going to, you know, scream at them for something they didn't even know was a thing. Yep. So I can't do that. So there's education involved. Um, in the political world, since you are like you're delving into that at, at a specific and it, what looks like to me a very like pointed purpose to see where faith and politics com- you know, com- intersect. Um, in our political system currently, we kind of have a similar breakdown in, in truth. I mean, if you watch any kind of uh, broad view of, of news um, across the country, you're going to find people who say, a is B, and then you're going to find the I mean, same information, and they say B is A. Yep. How do we get past that? That's a great, great question. Um, and it, you, you brought it up. I, so I sat down with, with Senator Thune, and I'm trying to sit down uh, with a current U.S. senator or representative who's a, who's a Christian Democrat. So I'm trying to do Ooh. both, and I, and I, plan, I plan on holding – the conversation with Senator Thune until I find the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've reached out to a whole bunch of people and I'm actually going to do another round this week. Um, it's, it's a hard, I, I don't know the right answer, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a lot of that, um, obviously as an elected official, which I will never be, I told John several times, <laughs> there's not enough money on this earth for me to be a politician. I, I, I think wherever God has placed us, we're, we're called to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever that is. I'm a pastor. Use me as salt and light. John is a, a senator. This other individual that I'm hoping to sit down with is maybe a senator representative. They're called as followers of Christ to be salt and light in our, in our, in our world. Um, you know, it's messy. That's what I'd say. First off, like I, I look at what regardless of your political affiliation, I would, I can't imagine being a senator or representative right now. Oh, no kidding. Cause it's like, uh, there's, I, what I found in leadership is there's many, many times it's, there's not this crystal clear. This is right. This is wrong. Sometimes it's really, really messy. Hmm. It's like, gosh, it's almost like parenting. There's the, idea. <laughs> right. there's the, there's the ideals that you have. Mm-hmm. And then there's these random compromises that you have to make with your own children. Yep. And, um, and so it's trying to figure out, figure out that. I honestly don't know what that looks like. I think that's why I'm sitting down with these, these two mm-hmm. individuals for me. Uh, what, like for me personally, I am not called to the, to the political realm for, for me, I'm trying to, to do that in my own daily personal life um, every single day. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so I, the way I lead, I hope it's, I'm being salt and light the way that I treat my low income neighbors who at times can be really hard to love. I, I hope that I'm salt and light to the person who um, messaged me and called me absolutely disgusting for sitting down with Senator Thune. I'm, I'm trying to be salt and light for the person on the other, other side of the political spectrum who said even worse things to me, I'm trying to be salt and, and light. Hmm. And, um, and so for, for me, I've always been a person who starts with the person right in front of them. Like, yeah. how can I love this person? Well, and that's why I look at, I look at our politics and I'm like, I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that my hope is in someone greater. Mm-hmm. That's not a cop-out answer. We still need to be salt and light. John still needs to be salt and light. This other individual needs to be salt and light. But it's, I've just found it's really, really messy. Even, even in the leadership position I'm in, there's times when it's just like, this is so messy. And we want things black and white. And sometimes it's just, it's just not crystal clear even. And that's what's, and I'm a very crystal clear person. That's why I didn't believe in God because I wanted an equation where right. a, plus, <laughs> a plus B equals C. Yeah. And I couldn't find that. And, um, and I struggled with that for years. And, and I, I think just politics wise, it's really, really messy. Um, I think for me, it starts again with conversations instead of demonizing everyone, even within their own political party. Mm-hmm. I mean, even political parties are, 
they're demonizing each other. I'm like, what is happening here? It feels like church denominations almost. Yeah, it does. It does. Instead of, hey, what's our common ground? Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't agree with everything that you stand for. And I'm not signing off on this either. But gosh, we can work together here. And I think I think that's would be my hope for our elected officials. But more than that, my hope for our world. Again, to, to get a message that someone's absolutely disgusted with me. For, for, for talking sitting, to someone. For talking with <laughs> right. someone. In my post, yeah. I said, hey, I'm looking for someone of the other political yeah. party to sit down with as well. I'm like, what? This right here is what's wrong. Uh, another person said, I need to assume that because you posted this, that you also believe X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, you don't have to assume. That is an no. insane position to take. Yeah, I'm like, that's no, you don't have to assume. And so the, the person who's different than you politically, you don't have to assume. Mm-hmm. You can talk with them like a grown adult. I mean, I feel like I felt like I've, I, and these were both grown adults. I almost wanted to say, Hey, Hey, little four-year-old, like, come up here, come up here. Okay. Uh, there's, there's things that you can't say because they're wrong. Like you're, you're like you, you, you're tattling on somebody because you think they did something unkind and then you punch somebody else. Like, I'm like, you can't do that. Like, and so it's just like we lose our minds, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think sadly COVID has led to it, um, because now we're all behind screens having these conversations, and it's much easier to treat someone inhumanely when you don't mm-hmm. realize they're a human. That's very true. How how much of that what is I mean it got exacerbated without question with this pandemic response and people you know getting sent essentially sent home um, across yes. the world. Um, how much of that was already there? It just it's now bigger because of everyone staying home. Because, I mean, with the I, advent of social media, I think I think a lot of it was already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, and we just get ourselves fired up even more because we go listen to people who are just like us, who are crazy, just a little crazier, and then we get crazier. Right. And <laughs> instead of listening to a, a, you know how your kid will get excited, like I hate my brother, my brother's crazy. <laughs> Like if they came to their parent and their dad was like, I hate your brother too. He is crazy. I'm going to try that. That, that dirtbag hasn't paid for a meal his entire life and no rent. You know, you no wonder why you the little, like the, the brother would grow to hate his brother even more. Instead, the, the parent, usually the mom or the dad is like, Hey, you've made the same mistake yourself. Are you kidding me? And uh, he's tired or, it's because you stole something from him. That's why he's angry with you. <laughs> I think we need more like parents that are just like, that are just like, Hey, so your brother does disagree with you, but you can still care about him and love mm-hmm. him. And, and gosh, like, I think we just need more people who are just like, Hey, we're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. And not belittling the differences. That's, that's, yeah. I think that's what the, the ability to agree to disagree it's not the ability to agree to agree. I think that's what our world shouts. Like, you need to think like me, be like me, act like me, vote like me. Um, well, it, it is. It's, and, like, it's like, no, yeah. like we, we, we can think differently and that makes us stronger. I, I've heard recently in the last, you know, in, with, recently, since the last year, um, that now is not the time to agree to disagree because the, the issues are so paramount. They're so vital that we can't we can't ever disagree anymore so it's either you agree here or you don't and and if you don't then um i'm done with you and and i've seen some young college kids recently that i i'm my heart is breaking for them because they are oh you you may have expressed support or interest and just like you said with some of these comments with your interview with thune you've you've you may have um supported this specific candidate well because of that i have no respect for you None yep. ever. Yep. yep. Um, that doesn't help anyone. And, and, but all this is done behind a keyboard. It's all yes. done behind the safety of a screen. Like you said, we're all hidden. We're, we're protected now because the, the, the guy getting bullied can't hit you back. Yep. Yep. And so the, again, the, that's, that's a different, so I'm talking to Christians here. Uh, that does not apply to you. That way of thinking of this person 
disagrees with me, I have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you surrendered that right when you began to follow Jesus. Mm. So like, I'm not having anything to do with them. I'm cutting them off. Right. I'm whatever. Um, I'm so sorry. You don't have that right. Mm. How can you say that? I'm an, I'm, an, I'm an American. Before that, you're a follower of Christ. Yeah. And he says, anybody can love somebody who thinks like them and loves them in return. I'm challenging you to love even your enemy, mm-hmm. your enemy. And when Jesus says enemy, he's not talking about someone who leaves an angry Facebook comment. Right. He's, ta- he's talking to people that have lost their lives. Like they've been killed. All the disciples except John all died for their faith. Mm. You know, as, as, as Christians, suffering has turned into an angry Facebook message. <laughs> You know, it's like, Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Right. I'm, I'm talking to love people who are trying to mm-hmm. kill you. And so I think, I think for us, we should be the best at being able to have dialogue. Again, not watering down any of our convictions. Like I, I'm strongly opposed to watering down Jesus and our, our, the core of our faith. Mm-hmm. I, um, like whatsoever I've, I've never been more like no those things are unchanging and if you're upset with it you're gonna talk with my dad about that right. uh, i don't i don't get it to set get the rules right. i doesn't matter what here. i think i just work here i don't set the rules so yeah. uh you're gonna have to talk with i'm talking my my father capital f over here you know like and so uh but i i just i just think gosh if we and it's it's interesting when you when you love people like that in that way they're drawn to you. What one quick story? There's a a fella that I've just just cared for for the last five years. He's a small business owner, um, locally, and uh, he doesn't believe in God. He's told me many times he's he's an he's an atheist. We think very differently on every every front possible. Uh, and what his business shut down with COVID uh, for a time. And, um, the week before it reopened, he saw me out, out, um, walking on a sidewalk and he turned his car around, came up. Hey, Adam, I'm like, dude, how are you doing? He's like, doing all right. You know, these are scary times, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I know I've been thinking about you just with your business. And he's like, this is kind of crazy. Would my store opens up again on Friday? Would you be willing to stop over and pray over my business wow. before it opens. And yes. I'm like, what? I, yes. I was like, I was like, I said, uh, I was like, what? And I had a big smile on his face. And he's like, I know, I know. I make the worst atheist possible. I'm like, no, there's no judgment here. Awesome. He's like, I don't know why. I just, I just thought about you. And I just, I'd be really grateful hmm. if you'd be willing to pray for my, my business. And I, I said, Ari, I'd be honored. Hmm honored now that that relationship took five years and it took five years of me caring for him serving him we've had we've had conversations about hey where we disagree Mm -hmm. he's asked some really even hot button questions he brought it up i didn't yeah he's not a christian i'm not going to hold him to the standard Mm -hmm. so he's bringing up like the core of hot button issues of hot button issues and i share them all knowing that he most likely disagrees with them all yeah and yet now in, in a moment where he's going through a, a, a scary time, I mean, he's a small business owner. It's scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's to, to think that he thought of me to reach out and say, Hey, would you be willing to stop and just pray over my business? Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's few greater honors that have ever been given in my life. And so I, I think if we live like that, again, I don't like, I, I, I don't, I don't know where he's at as we speak in his view of God. Um, every time we see each other, we always have a warm greeting and, and talk, but I know God's at work in him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I could yell at him. I could tell him how wrong he is and how foolish he is for thinking the way he does. doesn't get anywhere, but just kind of consistently caring for him. And then he's asking questions. So what do you think about this? That's wonderful. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, wow, like you, you've invited me instead yeah. of me like berating you. <laughs> exactly. You've, in, you've invited me yeah. to, to answer a very hard question. And then, I mean, so I, I know he disagreed with my answers. And yet his response was like, wow, 
I've never, I've never thought about it that way. Hmm. And it wasn't like, I've never thought about it that way. And I'm going to stop thinking. You could just tell he was like, I mean, his wheels were turning a thousand miles an hour of like, wow. Okay. And, um, and hopefully he would think this and he's legit. I mean, he, <laughs> right. he, he lives what he talks about. Yeah. So I can't just disregard him because he's a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's what it should look like. Yeah. Why did you choose love as the center of your book? Love has a name. Uh, the, the short answer is for the first time in my life, a few years ago, I didn't want to love anybody. Mm. Um, it's always been my strong suit. My wife always tells me that strange rangers are drawn to me and I consider that a compliment. <laughs> and so I've always been a strong suit. I've just always cared for the person who feels like an outsider or feels unseen or unnoticed. And so I, and I've always just been curious about a person's story. Like, where are you from? Okay. how did you do? How'd you become that? Oh, whoa. Where'd you guys meet? Oh, wow. And why? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by that. But a few years ago, I went through uh, a, just a really hard season. Um, and I think also life just kind of caught up with me and I was at a jaded place. And I kind of wanted to love Jesus, my family, a few close friends, and that's it. Hmm. And yet, thankfully, um, again, I'm sounding like a pastor. Thankfully, God doesn't let us stay there. And <laughs> and I really felt like I had this fork in the road moment where it's like, hey, Adam, you can become this bitter old jaded person that mm-hmm. you've never wanted to be. Or you can allow God to enter into this hurt and pain and jadedness. And it, it's going to make you even stronger. And so I, 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 I didn't want to become jaded. I didn't want to become this angry old man. And so I wrote the book technically because I had a two book deal and I needed to write a second <laughs> book. But, uh, but I wrote about love is because during that time, it's, it's what I was learning mm-hmm. and wrestling with in the messiest, hardest, grueling way. Because again, I didn't want to love anybody. Hmm. Um, how has that been taken? Because I, I watched your, um, was it the launch event you guys had at the church yeah. when it first came out? Yeah. I, I watched yeah. that stream and it's just, it's cool the stories that you had. Um, <laughs> what was the, like, what's the thing that stands out in all the stories you told? What is, what's the one that stands out to you the most? Is the most impactful for you? Um, the most impactful, I'm going to give you two answers. The most impactful was, loving bill my former neighbor who was a drug dealer in my backyard like so that was the most impactful uh bill was also i'm changing his name by the way Mm -hmm. bill was bill was also a sex offender for a crime with a little kid Mm. and i have four kids under the age of 13 and so what does it look like to love bill (laughs) because uh, uh, I talked about in that chapter, love is more than a theory. It's messy. Mm-hmm. You know, on Sunday, on Sundays, we love talking about God's love. and We're going to love the world. But what happens when your neighbor, literally the closest person in proximity to you away from your family is a sex offender selling drugs? Mm. And so that, that was the most impactful. Uh, the, the chapter that's been the funnest uh, since writing the book is the chapter on, on Antonio. Antonio is 21 years old, um, but as a baby went through some things. And so he has the capacity of roughly a 10 or 11 year old. And so I, I, his, he's, he's a riot. He was at the book release. He, I mean, he just loves everybody extravagantly. He makes you feel like the most important person in the world. So the book releases Mm -hmm. and um, out of nowhere, I get an email from a guy named Nico. And this actually might show up in a future book. So, so Nico is from Canada and he wrote me and said, I am Antonio. He's just like me. The same thing is me. And I've never seen anybody like me in a book before. Can we connect over Zoom? So I met Nico over Zoom <laughs> for 30 minutes. And then Nico, he's already called the office here three times, by the way, today alone. Wow. He, call, he calls sometimes seven times in a day and messages me 10 different ways daily. I mean, no joke. If you went through my Twitter feed, you'd see Nick. Really? Nicole. So I'm like, okay. 
then I had the idea, I'm going to connect Nico and Antonio together. Oh, man. It was one of the coolest <laughs> things. <laughs> so I'm on this Zoom call. All three of us are laughing at the top of our lungs. Nico's like, can you read a couple of chapters from Antonio's? And so I'm like, yeah. So I got a book. And I'm like, Antonio, is that okay? And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And so I read two, chap- uh, two paragraphs from Antonio's chapter. They're both crying. And Nico's like, I love you, Antonio. I love you. And Antonio, after every, like they collect themselves, Antonio says, each of us are made different and each of us are made special in God's eyes. Hmm. And later that day, I had an interview with a New York Times bestseller for my podcast. And during that, that, that Zoom call with Antonio and Nico, I had this moment where God was just like, hey, Adam, I just want you to make sure you don't miss this. This is your most important meeting of the day. Mm. Not the one later today, this one right here that you get to be a part of. I know you lined it up, Adam, and whatever else, but you get <laughs> to be a part of this. Yeah. This is the most important one. That's crazy. And, um, it was just, it was, it was really, really rad. Mm. Well, that is available on everywhere books are sold. Love everywhere has books a name. Are sold. Uh, and, and if you're in Millbank, Whimsy on Main on Main Street here, uh, they carry it. Uh, Whimsy. And, uh, Sarah and Amy are great they're, ladies. They're great. And uh, they have it, uh, I believe, in stock. When I talked to them back a few weeks ago, they were just sold out. So I think they got some more in. So um, it's crazy. Yeah. Are you? Is it true you're a Bengals fan? I'm a diehard Bengals uh, fan. If you actually right over here, geez. Um, <laughs> Right beside the Lord. Yeah. I don't want to be technical, but he's actually at the right hand of the Lord. (laughs) Too bad they can't win. Oh, Jesus. Are they going to the Super Bowl next year? He's saying it's kind of wishy-washy there. (laughs) Actually, actually, he's like, I'm not going to give you an answer. I'm not going to give you an answer. Yeah. The ball, the Bengals guy is optimistic. He's like, heck yeah. We're going to we're going to Super Bowl, just like every Bengals fan. Next year, Joe Burrow, we're headed to the promised land. It's going to happen. <laughs> I have so not followed professional sports in years. I was a big basketball fan back in the late '80s, early '90s. And who'd you cheer for then? Oh, I was a Portland Trailblazer fan. I lived oh, in bring Oregon. Bring it on, so, yeah, oh, yeah, Drexler, Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, Porter. Jerome Kersey, oh, Cliff yeah. Robinson. I, I mean, I was had it, all was it stuff. was it Harvey Harvey Grant? Uh, he played a little bit, yeah, but he wasn't as like he wasn't the the guys. But that was Horace Kevin's brother, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yep. Kevin Gosh. Duckworth, the hook. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> wasn't he like double zero oh, or yeah. something? Like <laughs> and he was horrible. I mean, miserable. He's just big. Oh, uh, just just oh, hook it up yeah. there, and miss it every time. Yeah, but the, I mean that <laughs> those were the days, and I think what made them the best. You know, Chick Hearn is known as the voice of ba- of basketball from the Lakers. Yes. Um, I hated that guy. He was horrible, mainly because we hated the Lakers. You know, Magic Johnson, no one wanted uh, anything to do with that. And the Bulls were miserable. Magic. Who liked? I mean, who like? Yeah. I did not like the Bulls. Isaiah I, Thomas for the Pistons, no thanks. No, thank uh, you. Yeah. But, but to me, that was <laughs> that was when basketball was something. That was. Uh, something. And football, I just don't. I'm, I, I'm a co- if I'm anything, I'm a college fan. And of course, I like the Oregon Ducks because. Oh yeah. I've been oh, yeah. to their games. I've not been to any oh, other yeah. college game. Oh yeah. Got great uniforms. Oh, well, when Phil Knight is your uh, your sponsor, Nike, you get anything you want. <laughs> but, uh, it's funny because he went to Stanford as well, um, and he's yes. a, he's a big uh, like alum of Stanford. But yes. man, they don't. Yes. He either doesn't like him as much. Something. I mean, yeah, Oregon, their entire complex is. I mean, it's gorgeous and it's Nike. It's Stanford's Nike. not. So I you know, I wonder. Maybe because Portland Nike's in Oregon. I don't know. But I, I it's just interesting. Good friend of mine's a big Bengals fan and same thing every year. It's like, oh, you know what? Next time. <laughs> next time. Next time. It's gonna happen. Uh it's crazy. Uh what do you do you have hobbies? I got way too many hobbies. Yeah, anything that's old is my hobby. So now that's old, broad. Old cars, <laughs> old pens. Old Ooh. record players, uh, cuckoo clocks. What now? Old? Give me an era, or does it matter? So my my cars. Uh, I have a really nice 1936 Chevy that's original, and then I have a I have a 47 Crosley that I just I just got oh. two weekends ago, and so cool. that's that's where I'm at with that. 
Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so that, that's, that's, that's where, so that is, wow. that is, that's the age that I'm at there is I, uh, yeah, my, I wish I could live in the thirties. The thirties would be my era of choice if I had a choice. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about embrace for just a minute and then I'll let you go. The, yeah, yeah. um, you guys have multiple locations around the Sioux Falls area. Yes. Um, what's the thought behind that? Uh, well, it started out because, um, we outgrew our space Okay. and we didn't have the money to be able to build a 2000 seat sanctuary. And so really by, um, it just kind of happened out of need mm -hmm. and our executive pastor at the time, he's now our T campus pastor. He's my oh. first full time hire. He said, Hey, we got a bunch of people in T let's start a campus out there. Mm. And so that's how campuses got, a, got, got started. Um, and so we have campuses, really one of the shifts that we're making right now, even we're going to, we're going to keep the campuses that we have in the Sioux empire area, but we're really switching to a network model. So right now we have nine churches, uh, that are totally separate from embrace that utilize our message, um, and kids curriculum video wise every single week. Oh, so, like, so they're uh, piping in the sermon, but they, yep, everything else is live. Everything else is live on mm. their end and it's their church and we have no decision-making ability. So uh, like this, like yesterday, I introduced uh, Parker United Methodist Church is now a part of our wow. network in Parker, South Dakota. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really the, and I'm a small town kid, you know, being from Melbank and Clark. And just like we were talking earlier, there's not a ton of support for some of those small churches. Mm -hmm. And right now, pastors specifically are hard to find yeah. and they're, they're struggling big time. And so even during this time, I've been reaching out to colleagues and just saying, hey, if you even just need a break for a couple of months of preaching so you can focus on pastoral care right now, mm -hmm. when care is through the roof, by the way. Yeah. People's marriages. Oh, are man, it's nuts addiction. right now. Totally. So, hey, if it would be a benefit for you for us to be able to provide the message mm -hmm. and you being able to be the hands on pastor, let's do it. And so we're even seeing churches do that, say, hey, that'd be awesome. You can have a solid message brought in mm -hmm. um, for very minimal cost. We lose money on the network. We don't have yeah. any desire to make money. So are you guys actually like, so it's they tie into you actually the live event. It's not an on-demand product later. It, uh, it actually, it's kind of a combination. It's like a DVR setup. Okay. So they, as I, so our first service is at 845. So I start preaching around 9, 10 a.m. probably mm -hmm. on a Sunday at any point right then and there or five minutes later, they just push play and it plays. Okay. So, so, so it's, it's there, it's queued up for them. Yep. A it's after there. you start. It, it's unbelievable. That's incredible. What in the world kind of tech do you guys have? It's <laughs> I need very, to come check out your facility. That would well, be phenomenal the, as the, the geek I am. Oh yeah. The tech, <laughs> the tech at the church end is very minimal. Basically if you have a screen, a projector mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and an internet connection, it is so minimal. If you mm -hmm. have those two things, the, the expensive part is a screen. If you don't have a screen, right? Yeah. But if you have a screen and an internet connection, it it is so simple. And so, honestly, I'm reaching out to churches that are considering closing mm -hmm. or are in between pastors of any denomination. You yeah. know, it's like, hey, if this can be a benefit to you, whether it's even for six months, let's do this. And uh, so that's what we're seeing. So that's what, that's, that, what's that's been awesome. Really um, how, uh, how does the best way for people to reach out to you for that service? Just, um, just go to, you, yeah, I am you can go to, com? yeah, you could email our church directly info at I am embrace.com and um, just say interested in hearing more about the network. Hmm. Um, and if, I mean, if that's you genuinely, I would do anything, even, even for one of the churches recently, they didn't have the, the money, the machine that you need technology wise is three grand. Yeah to basically connect your projectors from the internet stream to the projector. It's, it's three grand for mm -hmm. this unit. Honestly, um, there was one church recently where a man in the church from embrace heard about it and said, Hey, I heard there's a church that can't pick up that, that initial bill. I want to pay for it. That's awesome. And he's like, I've never been to that church, mm -hmm. never going to go to that church, but the thought of being able to help keep that church alive and see it thrive. I'm all in. That is so cool. And so, uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. So if there's any interest, definitely reach out and, chat with us. That's very cool. I, I didn't know that existed. So, I mean, it's good for me to know too, in my dealings with other churches oh, yeah. around town. So that's very cool. Um, any last thoughts that you have before I let you go? Gosh, this has been great. <laughs> I've, uh, it's been, it's been a podcast that I've been looking forward to and just, just even getting connected with you, Craig. 
um, is someone that I've genuinely been been excited to cross paths with. And I, I, I get excited about what can happen inside communities like Millbank and, um, and any community, uh, but specifically a, a town like Millbank is, is small enough that you can get your arms around it in many ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I think how powerful it'd be just to start doing adventures and scheming for good. Yes. I'm just like, how, how can we help this individual or how can Mm -hmm. we help this family or how, how can we help revive our community even more? I think for me, that's what I want to spend the rest of my life doing is scheming for good. That's awesome. And um, I'm partnering with people and saying, let's do this. Like, let's, let's go out swinging. Mm one of my mentors was 93 years old, a longtime pastor in Sioux Falls here. And him and a few people in his church way back in the day started something called the Glory House. It's where um, people can, it's like a transition home for, for people coming out of prison or addiction. And it's so cool. I told him before he passed away, I said, isn't it cool that men are going to be going in and out of that house long after you've passed away? Mm. And he, he's like, oh, it just gets me excited. That's so cool. And I'm like, man, I want to do a bunch of those types of things where <laughs> my name is not even tied to it. Mm-hmm. It's just scheming for good. That's fantastic. Well, Adam, thank you so much for spending some time last hour or so. It's been a blast for uh-huh. me getting to actually meet you. Uh, even though it's on a flat screen, we, we can do it. Um, I, I, I would love to sit down with you at some point in the future and Let's do this again in person. It'd be a blast. And Let's I mean, heck, it. if I'm down in, if I'm down in there, I'd love to check out your tech tech world of what yes. you guys do. And I oh, and, oh, real quick too. Um, how can people find your podcast? Because that is you have a new studio. You guys are ramping up. Um, yeah. Talk about that real quick. You can search uh, basically all all places podcasts are found. Just search the conversation Adam Weber. Awesome. And, and you'll find me. That's perfect. Sweet. Thank you. AdamWeber.com is the website. Uh, if you want to find the book, Love Has a Name is his most current book. What's your first book titled? First book is called Talking with God. Talking with God is the first one, and Love Has a Name is the current. And there will be more? There will be. Excellent. Whymailblank.com is our website. Whymailblank at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for listening, and come back again next time. Have a great day.